Ciao. Buongiorno, ragazzi. It is not the most pleasant of podcasts. It's a disappointing result against Juventus. It's a disappointing result after such a week in limbo that's happened with the Italian media and whatnot with playing behind closed doors in Serie A. But to get through it all, I'm joined by two of my favourites in Alessandro and Bruno. So, ciao, Alessandro. Come stai? Ciao a tutti. I'm good. I'm good. Surviving. <laughs> how are That's you? Good. Very good, brother. Very good. And Bruno, how are you, my man? Uh, look, uh, can't, uh, can't be too happy, but ready to get on with it. Ready to get on with it, guys. So let's get All straight right. into it. Let's get straight into it. Let's get on with it. We lose 2-0 to Juventus behind closed doors. No nothing, no atmosphere. To me, I'll start. The game felt dead. I woke up with, like, I, I was so demotivated for this game. I look forward to these these fixtures more than anything, the matches against Juventus, against Milan, and I just woke up feeling deflated. And, I don't know, I guess the mood was reflected in the result. I thought the first half wasn't too bad. Brozovic and Ashley Young were doing their thing and, you know, a lot of people are bashing the strikers and I agree the strikers were very invisible, but I don't like to say this, Juventus defensively were very, very strong. They just seemed as though they overpowered our attack with ease in the final third, like it was just ping-pong to them and they were superior to us defensively. And our midfield, while it looked okay at times, I think Antonio Conte could have thrown Christian Eriksen not only in from the start, but a lot earlier, a lot earlier than he could have because Vecino, to me, while he's good when he grabs a goal here and there and can produce a moment of magic, he just doesn't offer much for 80% of the match. And Juventus got two goals, not necessarily because they were better, but because they just had all the ball, all the chances. Dybala's moment of world-classness, you can't, you can't script that. That's Dybala all around. And the fact that they can bring on a sub like him for Douglas, Douglas Costa once again shows their depth. And Conte said it in his post-match interview. He goes, you know, we compare our results this season to teams like this because at the end of the day, we only, we still we've only lost three games in Serie A and two of them have come against Juventus. And he said that they've got quality in depth through and through. And they do. And that's where we were outclassed today. So at the end of the day, we need to cop the result on the chin and we'll talk a little bit more about expectations soon. But over to you, Bruno, your take on the result against Juventus. Uh, look, um, they're not top of the league for no reason. They're top of the league because they rightly deserve to be there, whether it's refereeing or whatever. They're fantastic performance performers through and through. And... At the end of the day, I just think um, I think Inter became very unmotivated in the second half, and um, I, I, I've been told, and I seem to agree. Um, everyone, everyone's worked Inter out now. Everyone knows what to expect. When was the last time we got a goal within 15 minutes of starting? It, it, it's sort of lackluster, and you know what? Yeah, our strikers were invisible, but that's because. I just feel there was no one in the midfield that that had that creativeness to it. And we saw when Alexis came on and Ericsson came on that it was um, it, it sort of changed it, but it was a little too late. I feel Conti waits too long to make these substitutions. Um, 
I expected a 45-minute substitution in the start of the second half, take Lautaro off or drop him back behind um, Lukaku just to add that depth to the midfield because we're losing the ball non-stop. And, you know, there was a period for about 15 minutes after they scored that first goal that um, I think the only time the ball left Inter's half was when Juventus decided to pass it back. It was it was it was pretty lackluster in my eyes. Um, overall, pretty disappointing performance from some of our key men. Uh, I, I don't even I didn't even realize Barella was on the field that second half. He was they were they were honestly man marked out of the game. And when you got the players like um, Higuain drawing defenders, Ronaldo of course, and then you bring the Dybala on, you just you you need to you need to stand firm and. Um, I feel Ashley Young lacked a bit in defence this morning. And uh, look, no point pointing the finger at the players. They went out there to do the best that they could. But at the end of the day, um, Conte's got to understand he loves this formation more than anything. But something's got to give. Um, uh, the commentators were spot on. Ericsson... Why did he buy him if he doesn't fit into this formation? And, you know, while you're spending $20 million on a player who's worth at least 65, you'd expect at least something to come through of it. Um, and, you know, he's got to alter something because it, it's, starting to, it's starting to impact us now. We beat Ludigrets, who, you know, many would argue are nobody, but our last three games are three losses on the road. Um, we lost to Lazio, we lost to Napoli, and ultimately we've lost to Juventus. Um, are we out of the title race? I don't think so. There's still 12 games to go. Um, if we beat uh, Sampdoria in our, whenever that game ever gets played, it's really six points between first and third. Um, all it takes is two games. All it takes is two games. So I'm not going to say we're out of it, but... I think you hit the nail on the head, um, Anthony. Uh, is it time to change our uh, our goals for the season? What do you think, Ale? Okay, so I have so many things to say, and I'm so pissed off. I tried to be uh, concise. So, first of all, probably was my bad because. Um, I expect in the games versus Juventus for the whole season is big game for me. And this couple of weeks, I was wearing a different jersey, inter jersey every day, just expecting for today. And then today, the air didn't show nobody. Maybe one, I can say one. I don't want to name names but everybody was awful nobody was playing there was no intensity there was no there we, we were just 11 ghosts following the ball and that's it and it sucks because we're playing versus a Juventus that is not so much better than us probably their best player today was Quadrado and that's all saying I don't I'm not talking about Dybala because Dybala entered the second half changed the game is just another another level but at the start if you look at the first and if 
team that has the best player. I'm sorry, but we don't deserve anything this season, <clears throat> first of all. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm just pissed. I'm, I'm not saying that our goal was to go to event to Torino and win the game for nothing, but at least play the game, you know? At least show up and do something. And nobody was there with the head. I don't know if it was because the stadium was empty. I don't know because they were worried or something, because they had two weeks of no, um, no games. I don't know what the reason is, but I expect more from them as professionals, and I expect more from Conte to give those um, directions, those, you know, um, willing to fight. Uh, after all of this, um, what is our expectation? I don't know. Uh, at, at this point, I'm not so optimistic. I don't think uh, we're going to win the Scudetto. I don't think we're going to get close to compete anymore because six points uh, versus Lazio that every game in one way or another is able to win. And that's amazing. And these Juventus, that <clears throat> even when they don't want to win, they win. Uh, I don't. I, I don't know. I. I think um, at the end of the year, I'm gonna be happy that we are in the third position, but way closer than the previous years. And that's a good first step. But at the same time, I the the thing I want to see from now to the end is Conte working with these new players and the player we're going to have. Meaning, trying to create something with Ericsson. Because, I mean, I, I really like Ericsson. Uh, the Ericsson that we, we have seen at Tottenham. But this Ericsson is a totally different player. He doesn't defend the ball. It doesn't cover. It doesn't come back. He just, I don't know if he's trying to um, understand Conte's uh, style or if he's trying to create some connection with the other players. I don't know what the problem is, but this player is, is not the Ericsson we used to know. And uh, I, I don't know what the problem is, but it needs to be fixed. Because I'm not saying we need to be the team around him, but certainly we need to keep Ericsson and Lukaku and uh, Devry at the center of the of the next year. Um, and I think uh, I need to <laughs> give the uh, Anthony, please take it away, because otherwise I keep I can keep going on and on. Well, I think Ericsson will definitely get his chance when he starts starting games more consistently. Like, January transfers are always transfers that are hard to integrate, especially with managers that are really, like, stubborn, and Conte's about as stubborn as they come. So, regardless of... I, I, I definitely think Conte wanted Ericsson. There's a lot of fans that are conspiratorial and say, oh, Conte didn't want him. But, of course, they, he wanted him. Conte's the kind of coach that has to approve these players before they are purchased. So... Whether he's trying to slowly integrate him or not, you know, we've seen that players get the nod in these, by get the nod, I mean, they get the approval in these bigger fixtures. Like, 
Kandreva could not start a couple of games, but he'll play against Juventus or he'll play against Milan. And because he's got that experience there as well, Vecino has become one of those players. He's become a big game kind of player, the kind of player that you can bank on scoring a goal um, or coming up big, as he's done in the Derby in the past. So him getting the nod in this fixture over Ericsson did not surprise me. But I agree, Alessandro, I want to see Ericsson start. I want to see him in that Trequatista role. I want to see him just in front of the two midfielders, whether it be Brozovic and Barella or Brozovic and Sensi, which, by the way, I want to talk a little bit about Sensi. But I do want to see Ericsson start more, I agree. Before we move on to the next match, I do want to talk about Sensi. Bruno, injured, not in the squad again today. There's rumours that we're still very close to um, organising his fee. Are you still all for Stefano Sensi or would you have second-guessed Would you second guess him now? Because just keep in mind, bro, we had a very, very long break. Yeah, we played Ludogratz and whatever, but he got frozen out of that for Europa League because, you know, the tie, generally, it was easy to pass. Sensi, what's going on, man? Look, they're, they're, they're worrying. Um, I, I got a injury update on him prior to the Lazio game, and he just wasn't 100% fit at that point in time. Um, just looking at it now, um, having a look at the current squad notes they've released, uh, you, you have a look, and his, his expected return is mid-March. Um, he did pick up that foot injury in February. I'm not sure who it was against, but it was... Uh, sorry, it was in training. Um, in saying that, Surely his values declined. Surely his value declined because I remember the last time he did play properly was against Sampdoria um, right before we faced Juventus last season and he got injured, I think, uh, last uh, first part of the season. And he got injured, I think it was 12, 15 minutes into the fixture and that's what uh, caused the, the decline of Sensi from that point on. Um, look, I... Uh, He's a, he's a great value player, um, but being young, it just it just makes me think, is he lacking confidence now? Um, is he going to be too cautious? Is he scared? Is he one of those players who's just, you know, going to have that, gla- that glass body where you touch him, there's another injury? Um, I don't know. He's still very young. Um, I was very excited to see him in the upcoming Euros, but... Uh, just before we move on, another point that I'd like to bring up, just before we move on to Sassuolo and Gattafi. Um, so we were, I, I was up last night in Sydney, it was 10.30 at night, ready to watch Spal and Parma. And it got delayed. And, you know, the, the Serie A community lost their minds, why did it get delayed? The players were literally in the tunnel. And they turned around, walked back in. The players who were already sitting on the bench got up, walked back in. So there is um, the Players' Federation, and I've just really come to fruition in regards to all of this today and all the ins and outs of it all. So the Players' Federation has actually got a signed, um, signed document from some certain players of different clubs requesting the suspension of the Serie A. Um, Lack of funding can cause clubs to go bankrupt. Lack of, you know, playing, having, still having to pay wages but not having that revenue from ticket sales can cause clubs to go into very bad financial strife. And um, they, the reason for the spal delay was that 
the sports minister announced that they will be discussing a suspension of the league um, this week. Now, the referees misinterpreted it, saying the league was suspended. So, as someone did say, said he I can't organise a real <laughs> ruffle. But um, <laughs> it, 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 it still comes to mind, you know, what happened. Now, there are rumours going around. What happens if the season does get suspended? Who wins the title? Well, the, the idea is no one wins the title. People are saying, well, who was on top of the league the last time all the teams were on the same points? No, it does not work like that. Especially considering the last time all the teams were on the same points, there would have been roughly 15 games remaining in the season. So if the Serie A is suspended, it is likely that there will be other leagues following suit. Um, general standings will remain. It will be a null and void title. But the top four will progress to the um, Champions League and the Europa League, everything, and relegation will continue as per usual. So Genoa getting those points this morning against Milan may have saved them. Now, we have not... I don't think the Serie A has been suspended since a world war, right? So it's obviously something serious. And I did read that overnight there was another 1,000 coronavirus cases confirmed in Italy with several hundred more people dead. So it is something serious. And just before, you know, we move on to other topics, because you know what? I'm sorry, Anthony, we've done podcasts over and over again for different matches, for different things, and they're being a waste because we haven't played them. But, guys, just all of our Inter fans and just all Serie A and football fans in general, you've got to remember, okay, yes, sport's a form of entertainment. We are very passionate. But at the same time, both the health of fans, players, and communities comes first. And... If that means, unfortunately, this season's a dead rubber, look, a lot of teams would be spewing. Lazio, they've had their best season in a very long time. Juventus, you know, up and down, but uh, they've been very competitive. But you gotta, you got to remember, uh, health is number one. And, um, yeah, look, we may have some breaking news coming out later this week, so let's see what happens there. Anyway, let's uh, put a smiling face on. Anthony, what's next on the agenda? All right, well, we'll go to Alessandro next because you've got to remember, we've got a game around the corner. It's going to be bang, bang from here over and over again. The fixtures are going to pile up. Getafe is next in the Europa League, and it's the first leg. And it looks like that's going to be played behind closed doors as well, both legs. So the fans better get used to it. And if what Bruno is saying is true and Liga Serie A is going to cancel their games, then obviously UEFA cancels their games as well because, you know, double standards, triple standards, whatever you want to call it. So... Alessandro, we're going to go into a very weird situation in about five days' time, four days' time, whatever it is, where we play Getafe. Your thoughts going into that game, man? How do you like our chances in the first league and the tie overall? So, <clears throat> when, um, when I found out that Getafe was the team we, we got from the Europa League draw, was um, a little bit disappointing. was one of the two teams I didn't want to uh, so you can imagine but you know what um, if we want to uh, get to the final um, we we need to beat them so um, this is going to be a 
somehow different from the Juventus game. Um, you know, probably the expectation are going to be lowered, and um, hopefully that's good for us. Um, but all in all, Getafe is a very, a very difficult team to play against. Uh, they have different ways to get to um, to score. Is not they, they're not just um, no, how do you say one pony trick. Uh, so I, I I think we need to play with pretty much the same formation we had uh, tonight or yesterday. Depends where where you are, and um, hopefully with different motivations because that's that's the main key. It doesn't matter who plays. It matter how and uh, with uh, with which mentality. That that's the main difference because honestly, uh, our team right now the level of the players is pretty much the same. Whoever plays, it's um, pretty good players, uh, but um, they need to focus and they need to actually um, put one hundred percent. If they do that. It doesn't matter who they play, I guess, in this in this uh, Europa League. Uh, it could be Getafe, it could be Manchester United, it can be whoever, and uh, they should be able to beat it. I think at this point, we are the team to beat, and that's it. What do you think? Nice. I actually like that, man. I think you're saying that we're the team to beat. I think teams are looking at us thinking, you know, a, we are still a team that have, has improved a lot. Let's put this season in context. You know, at the end of the day, Juventus are a better side than us. And we have lost these games this season against sides that are better than us. Look at the opponents that we've taken L's to. You know, it's, it's not, they're not average sides, they're good sides. But I go into this fixture feeling quite confident, but we need to perform well at home. This is one of these fixtures where your home leg really, really plays the part. If you can get a good result at home, you go through in the next tie. Because if you can't do your business at home, uh, going going away to Getafe in a season where Alessandro just said they have been very good, they have played good attacking football, they've had some big results, they knocked Ajax 2-0. Um, you know, they've just they've been pretty good at the end of the day and they were able to progress to the next round and... They probably are one of the tougher opponents to go up against. In terms of playing uh, what players to play against them, we will come up against a swall of only about four days after that, three days after that, whatever you want to call it again. So we're going to have to think about who we're going to play and who's fit and who needs to take rest. So I think that's a game that Ericsson will start to piggyback off the last conversation that we had. Ericsson will get the nod in the match against Gatafe. And he'll probably perform and do his thing again. So, once again, we need to get a good result at home. And we are home in the first leg. So, Bruno, quickly, um, since I've discussed squad and Alessandro has discussed his take, just give us your prediction. What do you think is going to happen in the first leg, bro? Oh, look, uh, this isn't like a normal Europa Cup game. Both games played behind closed doors. So, at the end of the day, home result, the home, the home fixture really does not hold any benefit whatsoever wouldn't surprise me if this match is played at a different stadium anyway but i can't see inter not putting something on for getafe and i can't see them not coming away with the win this time round critically i'd love to get a 2-0 win at home um just because it means they need a score to at their home and 
essentially if we put one in, it's almost game over. They've got to go four goals. So I would love to see a 2-0 win, um, especially with the driven and motivated contest. When his back's up against the wall is when you do not want to face him. And I remember how, uh, you know, he's very much like Pep Guardiola. He came off a loss and I think they thrashed, I forget which team it was, 9-0 or 7-0 in the Premier League earlier this season. And, and, and you know what, I can't see Conte doing that sort of wrath in regards to scoring, you know, five, six, seven goals. But I do see them dominating and having a great performance. Um, yeah, 2-0 is my prediction. Um, shouldn't be an issue. Hopefully we can avoid, you know, any new result where they do not score is a good result for Inter. That's where I'm going to leave it. Now, we move on to face a swallow this week, and they have been our bogey team as of late. Um, Anthony, what's your opinion, and how do you think we're going to go and line up against the boys? So, Sassuolo, yes, our bogey team as of late, but we knocked them 4-3 this season in a game where I was way too relaxed at 4-1. A double for Lautaro and Lukaku each, um, and a goal for Berardi as well for Sassuolo. They will be tough. We are at home, though, I believe. Can you just confirm that, Bruno? We're at home, right? Or Alessandro? Uh, yes, we are. Never mind. I just checked it. Yes, we are. Awesome. We yeah. are at home. Thank God for that. So this this fixture, I do expect the boys to come out firing. I do expect anyone who backs up from the Getafe game, which will most likely be plays along the lines of De Vrij, Skriniar, Brozovic, Lukaku, and maybe Lautaro Barella as well. These are the players that may have to back it up um, twice in the space of four days. So... I expect the boys to be tired, but I do expect them to get three points. I expect us to go on from here and still get a few comfortable wins together in Serie A because at the end of the day, we've still got business to do. We've still got stuff to take care of in terms of qualifying for the Champions League as soon as possible and just making sure that we've got no stress on our back while we do well in cup football. So going into the Sassuolo match, I expect us to line up very strongly. It's good to have Handanovic back. I know he conceded two goals today, but he was actually quite good. He did make a few good saves today. And um, I just want to put it out there. It's funny that Padelli actually did get sent off today, even though he wasn't on the pitch. And because there were no fans in the stadium and it was mic'd up, you could actually hear him. And it was actually pretty funny. So go check it out if you haven't. Um, we'll line up with De Vrij, Skriniar, Godin. will probably be back because Bastoni um, got the nod this week in Serie A. So De- Godin, unless he starts against Getafe and rests again, he'll probably get in there. Midfield will be Brozovic, um, Parella, probably Vecino. Gagliardini came on for a little bit today, so let's just make the assumption that he's fit again, and let's just not see if he doesn't get unfit again. And then Lukaku Lataro will start up top, although I'm starting to think that Alexis Sanchez should maybe start from, start from the beginning in one of these two fixtures, definitely. Alexis will probably start against Getafe, so you can almost guarantee Lautaro will start against Sassuolo. So that's it for me. Alessandro, what about Sassuolo, man? I know it's two fixtures away, but what do you think? Oh, um, it's going to be tough. Uh, <laughs> but as you said, um, I pretty much agree with you 100%. So uh, I expect a um, positive result. Um, I don't know, probably 2-0 or 2-1, but uh, certainly uh, a, a victory. Hello? <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. Easy, nice and easy. Um, yeah. In terms of what else is going on, you know, 
I just wanted to talk a tiny bit before we finish off about the fixture congestion. So we've got a lot of games that are coming up soon. Um, we've played 25 matches in Serie A. We've got still a fair few games to go. It's easy to remember that it's still also March. In terms of the players and the longevity of this season, I actually had a question sent in from my mate Anthony. His name's Anthony as well. And he said, if you were to name one Inter player that you'd fear to go missing for the rest of the season by injury, who would it be? I'm like, bro, that's actually a pretty dark question. But you know what? I'll ask it anyway. So, Bruno, you've got to pick one player on our squad. This is the only question for the podcast. If who you, do you wouldn't think? want to... Who do you think? Who do I think? Oh, why do you have to throw it on me first? Oh, I'm thinking. All right, it's got to be, to be honest, for me, it's got to be Marcelo Brozovic, man. I think when we lose him, the entire engine breaks down. The entire focal point of the engine breaks down. And I think we could lose Devray and be okay. I guess we can lose Handanovic and be okay. We can lose one of Lautaro and Lukaku and be okay. But you lose Brozovic and the engine breaks down. You're next, Bruno. Uh, look, I think that overall, um, we lost Hunter. We had two losses. Two losses that we did not need at all. And he was pivotal. Um, you know, we've gone a couple of games without Martinez. No major impact there. Brozovic got a yellow for, um, I think, the Fry. The Fry is critical. You lose him. He's been the 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 cornerstone, the foundation of our defence at the back since Conte's come in. So, overall, if I didn't have to say Handanovic, because we saw what we're up against, and now if he did get injured this morning, we're stuffed because um, Fideli got a red card, so Bernie's coming into the squad. But yeah, it definitely have to be the fright. Who do you think, Ale? I would go with, with Handanovic. For the reason you just said, I mean, <laughs> two two games and uh, we lost both, and uh, it's not just. Uh, I mean, we saw what Padelli quality is at the moment, and uh, we don't have any backup basically. So at well, this moment, let time. Let me just, uh, let me just sure say, half time. Yeah, but at half time this morning, if Padelli was in goals. Yeah. Would we still be nil nil? No, we're losing two zero probably. <laughs> For sure. Because uh, sure. Hanano did a couple of saves, one on the on the um, corner kick, and uh, the leaked uh, hit it, and then the other one was I think uh, Cristiano Ronaldo coming in from the left wing, and again Hanano yeah. it. So. That will be like two zero. That's it. Yeah, and definitely, and he's our captain. And you know yeah. what? Um, I don't like saying this name on our podcast, but Mauro Icardi was our captain. But when he was our captain, he did a very terrible job of it. He 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 was too emotional and fixated on himself. And I just when Handanovic is at the back and he's captain, he's barking those orders to his defense, getting his defense where they need to be. He is a leader, and and the players respect him for that. And we just saw the, the disintegration in our play when he wasn't there. So, look, uh, obvious answer is Handanovic, but if we're excluding that, I would have said the fried. But, yeah, 
that's my answer, Anthony. Very, very nice. Thanks, Bruno. And thank you very much for everyone for listening. Guys, I, I have a question. Yeah. I have a question for you. Sorry. Oh, sorry, guys. We said we had just one question. I do have another question. So cool. recently, our president said uh, for the next year, we're going to keep our names. But my question is, would you sell and to make money and buy another couple before for prospects would you so, do that or not so I, you actually cut out a little bit there man but i'm going to assume you said something along the lines of would you sell lautaro and screenia to fund other prospects is that correct correct awesome so it really depends on the price tag man so I'm starting to think about Lautaro's form recently, recently, and I'm like, yeah, he's, he's very, very young. He's very good. If he's trained properly, he really can be one of the best strikers in the world. So I don't want to sell him for anything. But then if a player comes along with 110, uh, sorry, if a club comes along with 110, 120 million, it is hard to refuse that kind of money. Skriniar, I think he's a world-class defender. I don't want him gone, Alessandro, for anything. I don't care if people say that he's not performing as well in a back three. I've seen enough from this guy to know that on his day, he can be one of the best defenders in the world, physically and emotionally. I think he's got that, that absolute mentality. I wouldn't sell Skriniar for 150 million euros. That's how good of a defender I think he is. So that's my answer. Bruno. Oh, sorry. Right, yeah, Bruno, go for it. Let's say, let's say... Uh, 110 for Lautaro, 80 for Screener. Bruno, will you accept or not? Um, look, if Conte remains our manager, yes. Uh, uh, Lautaro, you're, he's a striker, but with Lukaku there, uh, uh, 110 million, I'd cash in Alexis Sanchez because he is doing well and he's got that connection with Lukaku, but you know, that money will, will do us the great of good. Now, Inter's always had the problem where they don't get top dollar for their players. They release them too early or they release them too late. Look at Coutinho, for instance, right? Now, we've got this amazing player in the sense of um, Martinez and you know what, he, he, I, I, I'm a fan of him on the field in the sense of how he plays, but I'm not a fan of his attitude. He's got too much of a mouth on him. And when things don't go his way, he just, he, he, he acts up. And, you know, a striker should not be going through and halfway through the season already being suspended for five yellow cards, followed by a red card. So that's my opinion on Lautaro. I'd love to see him go if we're getting that type of money. Now, Skriniar is a bit different. Um, I, it, look, if they're offering around the ballpark of, you know, 100 to 110 million, um, I, I, I honestly would consider it. And, and hear me out, Anthony. I know you're not a fan of it. But we've got the Fry. We've got Godin for as long as, who knows, Fuentes. But Bastoni has shown his worth as well. Now, I'm sure we can get another defender for a lot less than what we're selling Skriniar for. Now, this game, the world of football at the moment is one of money. And if you've got money, you've got power. And if you've got power, 
you win titles, you win cups. You look at Klopp with Liverpool, look at Manchester City, what they've done, look at PSG, look at Real Madrid, look at Barcelona, and look at Juventus, right? You know, $200 million, we saw two players and we buy, you know, an amazing player who's going to win us silverware. It's job well done. It is job well done, and I cannot disagree with that because at the end of the day, yes, they're great players. Yes, you know, uh, Skriniar, I wouldn't want to lose as much, but, you know, Martinez, strikers come and go, and he's had a great season. Should we cash in on him? 100%. Let's cash in on him, use those funds, get someone, get, get, even if we're not someone better, We've got the money to throw around when need be. That's been the issue with Inter for the last couple of years. We haven't had the money to throw around. Now, with Conte, with our amazing fans attending these matches and our sales of our players, we've got cash. Let's use it. Let's attract the big names. Let's get some stars here and let's win some titles. Let's win some trophies. That's my opinion. Fair enough. Fair enough, and like it's hard to argue with that if offers like that come along and money is powered. Like, fair enough, very good argument. All right, Ragazzi, that's all we're gonna have time for this evening. Um, plenty more stuff to come because plenty of matches to come. So, grazie, Alessandro, ciao. Ciao, ciao. Good night, everybody, or good morning. <laughs> bye bye. And good night around the corner, Bruno. Buona notte a tutti, forza Inter. And thank you for having us, Anthony. Forza Inter, Forza Inter Worldwide. Ciao, ragazzi.